Welcome to Waymaker, to see and experience God like never before. We're so glad that you're going to join us on this Waymaker journey. We are praying for you that you will behold a God, a loving Father, your Waymaker, like maybe you've never seen Him before. Waymaker, Chapter 7, His Provisions. Of all of the chapters in Waymaker, Chapter 7, His Provisions, has been the hardest for me to um, come up with stories. Not because I can't find any, but because I have way too many stories of how God has graciously and kindly and unexpectedly provided for me as His child. He has called us into this amazing purpose, this grand purpose that he has on earth and in eternity. And the purposes that he has for us are deeply embedded into his provisions. And so provisions are the next chapter in the story of God in your life. You see, if he has called us into his family He's loving us um, as a father. He's speaking to us through his word, and he invites us into conversation through prayer with him. And if we have a greater understanding of surrender based on who this amazing father is, we then look at the purposes um, for which he's done all this, and it's for his glory. But the challenge is to live out his perfect purposes for us in a broken world. The brokenness of this world presents a tremendous amount of neediness and hardship and challenge in living out those purposes. And that, y'all, is exactly where God's provision comes in. The prerequisite to seeing God as your provider is first and foremost being able to identify your needs and then look to Him to meet those needs. So how, again, do you come today? I know you've heard me say this time and time again. How are you coming to today to the teaching? What are your needs? Um, Are you looking to God to provide for you um, and to take care of you again as his child as you see your emptiness and the void places in your life? Those are the moments and the opportunities to connect with him I love the word tether, the challenges and the struggle of my days and my relationships and circumstances. Do I see those as burdens or do I see those as tethers, sweet tethers to him, to connect with him, to say, God, I don't have enough, but you have everything that I need to meet my needs. So do you feel your neediness? Are you open and willing to looking to God in a new way to fill those places. Um, The key really is the word trust. Do you trust God? What is the biggest area of your life where you struggle to trust Him? When is it the hardest for you to believe in His perfect timing? These are some of the questions that Help me see where I'm not actual actual I'm sorry, I'm not accurately seeing God as he really is. Because in Romans eight twenty eight it says, And my God shall supply all your needs 
according to his riches and his glory in Christ Jesus. Um, and then in Psalm 84, it says, No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. These scriptures about God's provision are very common scriptures in the Christian faith because we need to be reminded that we have a God that we can trust and a God that will provide. <clears throat> um, you see, the provisions in my life um, are, bring such joy. And I love telling you stories of his provision. Yeah, I've already told y'all some on these recordings. But really, it doesn't stop with the amazing story of the provision. What the provision story does is point to the provider. And so may the story today that I'm about to tell you not awe you with the details and the ways that God um, abundantly provided in this story, but let it allow you to put on glasses to see the kind of provi provider that the Father is. The story I want to tell y'all today is about our daughter, Janie. We have three boys and one daughter. And this was a few years ago when Janie was madly in love with our now son-in-law, Adam. They were pursuing um, marriage, and Adam was beginning to have those conversations with Tyler about um, asking for his daughter's hand in marriage. The problem was we did not have much of a bank account at that time at all. This was during a season in our life that was the most financially draining um, desert time of our life. We had come out of um, a hard time of investment in some properties right before the crash of the economy, and we had lost a tremendous amount. Janie and Adam were getting excited, and the closer they got to the proposal, the more worried Anna got. Because you see, we not only didn't have a savings account for our bills to be paid, we did not have a savings account at all, much less for a daughter to have a wedding. And I so longed to give our daughter a wedding, as did my husband Tyler, but it just wasn't going to happen the way I thought it would. So I began to pray, Lord, if Janie and Adam get engaged, would you provide? But y'all, I had no idea. There was no way in my mind that I could see that God could provide money for a wedding um, during that time. So yes, they got engaged, and I was afraid. And I prayed, and I would think about the wedding and the engagement, and then I would get fearful, and I would worry. And then God would say, just trust me. So as I prayed, um, a few weeks later, right after they got engaged, we got an unexpected call to sell some property that we had purchased years before that during the crash of the real estate market had basically not only become worth zero, it was not even, I mean, we would have to pay to maybe even get out of the, the contract. So we were shocked, and they made a small offer. And y'all, the offer that they made was the exact amount that we needed to pay for that wedding. I couldn't believe it. And do you know how much joy it brought Tyler and me to tell Janie that we could do a wedding and that God had seen our needs and her desires? We were astounded at the way that he did it. And the most amazing thing about the story to me, y'all, is that for years we had had some needs. And I would often think about that property. And I would think, oh, Lord, if you would just sell that property then we could 
um, pay for this or pay that bill or pay this off. But he didn't do it time and time again. And it didn't make sense to me. And I wanted to trust him, but it was hard. It was so, so hard. And when Janie got engaged and when we were able to do that wedding, it just reminded me that um, it's all there. It's all there. He is choosing when and how to disperse it. He wants us to see him and to trust him and extend a measure of faith that's based on Matthew 19, where it says, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. He wants us to see him as the God of the impossible. And in 2 Peter 1.3, he promises us. He says, I've given you everything you need for life and for godliness. This is the kind of God that I came to see him more and more as we did this wedding for Janie. And I'll always look back and see those pictures. And when you watch that video on YouTube of their wedding, may we not focus on the beauty of the wedding and the cake and the flowers and all the loveliness that happened that night, but may we focus on the kind of God that he is and how he tenderly cares for those that are his children. So <clears throat> what I want you to know today as we talk about this is that God always provides if you're his children. He promises to, and often it will not look like you expect. It's hard and it's uncomfortable to trust God in certain areas. But I speak from experience. He has not failed me yet. I have a little sign in my kitchen. If any of y'all have been in there before, and it says, He faileth not. He faileth not. And this far in, I can say that's true. When we think about needs um, and the needs that we have looking to God to provide, I think of two areas. The first area of need are physical, emotional, and tangible needs. There are earthly needs. Um, he speaks a lot in his word about providing for physical needs, about food and shelter, um, and about other needs that we might have. Philippians 4.19, like I just mentioned, says, And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. In Matthew 6, he calls us to look at the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, to trust him for clothing and provision and food. Um, Psalm 103 promises us that he is the great healer. He provides when we are sick and when we are physically needy. The, if I ask you the question, um, when in your life do you remember God answering the greatest prayer of a need? When can you remember that? I think initially the first thing that pops into our head is when we are asking God to um, provide something tangible and material that we needed bills to be paid, um, diseases um, healed, um, relationships to be mended, earthly prayers. Um, I think that's the first thing that would pop into your mind. But I want to talk to you today a little bit more about other types of needs that we have. These are what I call the needs of the soul. Um, these are your spiritual needs, and these are the unseen needs. Um, God promises to answer these needs. Again, we look at his promises in his word. These, I listed these kind of needs for you to help you understand more 
about what your soul needs are. Um, the needs of peace, hope, love, joy, assurance, righteousness, security, salvation, worthiness, eternal life through salvation, redemption, um, and forgiveness. I think right now I long for these things. They aren't tangible. Um, it's just much easier to pray down the list of tangible needs. But how cool is it to open up our minds to see God in new ways, to ask Him to meet us um, in the deepest places of needs of our soul? That's very, very exciting to me. Um, the answers to those type prayers and, and to the provision of your soul needs, the answers are called spiritual blessings. You might have heard that again. That's the Christian word for um, all of these soul needs that we're talking about. Seeing yourself needy in these areas as well sets you up to receive them from God. Lord, I long to feel worthy. Father, I need assurance today. God, my spirit is not at peace. Will you grant that peace that I need? God, I need forgiveness in this situation. Lord, I feel so insecure. I need you to be my foundation. It seems that the place to run to have these needs met um, can often be to the things around us to offer a quick answer and to fill our own needs, to act independently of God. While the world is telling us to meet your own needs, live independently, figure your life out, you can do this on your own. Um, a strong message of autonomy, the Bible says quite the opposite. The Bible says, come to me, lean on me, rest in me, find it in me. I am your all in all. So when you look at yourself with these physical and earthly needs, and now maybe in a new way to the needs of your soul, um, the, the desire is to continue to see yourself as broken and bankrupt. You don't have enough. You have insufficient funds when it comes to all of your needs. But you have a provisional father who has storehouses of blessings to heap upon your head because he wants to do these things for you. He wants you to see the kind of God that he is, his strength, his power, his love, his tender care. The scripture says that he's intimately acquainted with all of your ways, from the teeny tiny details of your life to the grandest ones. Another story I wanna share with you, I did have to pick a few of my favorites, but, um. This was right a little bit before that time when Janie got married, um, and we had financial needs. God's just chosen that to be um, a big area in my life story. Um, we were really struggling to keep the, the pantry and the refrigerator full, and um, I needed uh, after-school snack. I was going to pick up our youngest son from school and taking him to practice, and the routine went, The routine was kind of, I had the snack and the Gatorade in the car, and then we would, he would have that while he went to practice, and um, y'all, I had nothing. I literally had nothing to take the child for a snack. I probably had some canned goods and some dried beans and rice and who knows whatever else, but none of that would do for his after-school snack. 
And so I prayed. I did not even have a dollar to stop at the gas station. So I prayed and I said, Lord, I need to take him a snack and I don't have anything. And I want him to know he's provided for it. I don't want him to worry. The tendency for a mom is just to want them to feel protected and provided for. So as I left the house and I prayed, I decided to stop at our mailbox because um, if any of you have ever been in financial um, strapping situations, you will know, know that often you're looking to the mail to bring in unexpected checks or money or um, refunds. And so I stopped and I thought, I wonder if there's some, I just have a feeling that God is going to provide for this snack. I had this expectation of a tiny snack being um, provided. And as I opened the mailbox, expecting an envelope with some sort of message, I noticed something that was not an envelope, and I pulled it out. And <clears throat> I do not um, kid you when I tell you that it was a free sample in the mail of a nature's own granola bar, a new variety of granola bar. And it was like, you know, glued on the card with the rubber glue. And I just sat there in the car and wanted to weep. You see, in that moment, I think that meant more to me than a $100 bill because it let me see that God saw me. It let me see that he deeply cared and he wanted to answer specifically to teach me to trust him and the kind of God that he was. Just a few days later, I was in the kitchen of that same house washing dishes and I looked out in the backyard and the boys were throwing the frisbee and they were probably in third and fifth grade or something like that and um I just was so thankful that they knew that Tyler and I were going to take care of them and that we were going to do everything we could to provide for their needs so much so that they could just throw that frisbee in the yard and um relax and enjoy life and in that moment, I thought, that's what the Father wants me to do. He wants me to go in the yard and throw the Frisbee in freedom and just relax, knowing that there is a parent that's taking care of me that will not let me go hungry and will not let me go without having my needs being met. And that includes also these needs of the soul that I've just mentioned, that um, on the days that seem dark, and depressing on the days that seem completely just, I can't see God, I can't see what he's doing. Um, everything feels void and blank on those, day, on those days to be able to barely whisper a voice of, I don't know, but I know you're there and I trust you. Would you come forth? Would you break through? Would you reveal to your, yourself to me? Would you shake things up so that I can see you the way that you long for me to see you. Um, it's amazing how I will scrape and scurry to meet my own needs when I'm not trusting God. Because, you know, we're pretty competent people. We can make the list and go and do all the things. But I tell you what, when you're called to slow down and wait on God and see, see how He works and how He provides, it is a pleasurable journey. Um, I've, I've found that often the ways that he answers prayers are different than I would ever expect. Um, I pray a certain way thinking, oh, well, this is how God can answer these prayers. But it's rare that he answers the ways that I think that he should. 
and he will blow in the back door and answer a prayer in my life where I'm just like want to throw my head around and go, what was that? Oh my word, God just answered a prayer, that prayer that I've been praying, but I had no idea how he would do it and that he would do it like that. You see, his glory is truly in his story. I'm a big news junkie, or actually I used to be, not anymore, but I used to love to listen to the daily news. And one of my favorite headlines in the news would be in a stunning turn of events. When, and that's like when you least expect it, there's been a crazy shift in the situation that we've been hearing about in the news. I think about that a lot when I think about the way God answers prayer. He often answers prayer in a stunning turn of events. Just like you remember when I caught the bouquet, that very first chapter that we talked about, and I caught the bouquet at the wedding, and I looked up at my daddy, and I said, he did it. He did it. That's what this is all about, y'all. He wants us to know, no matter how the provision comes, we want to know and be secure and rest in the fact, being able to say, he did it. He wants to be seen as the God that's all-powerful and that can do anything. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. It hasn't even entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared for those who love him. Build your faith. That's what this is about. When you're called to trust, when things don't make sense, when God's timing seems to be impossible, these moments are the opportunities for your faith to grow, for your muscles to become stronger, so that the next time it's time to trust God, you'll remember, oh yeah, He can meet needs. He did do that for me before. I can trust Him. He is trustworthy. His faithfulness in the past paves the way for my faith in the future. The key is to turn our focus from the provision to the one who is the provider. This is a poem written by Annie Flint that is just one of my absolute favorites. I have it saved in my phone, and I love it so much. And I will read it often, and I want to read it to you today to encourage you. He giveth more grace when burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when labors increase. To added affliction, he added his mercy. To multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full love has just begun. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, 
might become rich. You are richer than you can imagine when you look at all the spiritual blessings that God has given you. One last funny little story. You know, we, we taught the children a lot to pray and to make little prayer lists and for us to look to God to answer those prayers and, and to ask God when they felt like they needed things. Um, and my oldest is um, quite the um, intuitive one and precocious. And when he was five years old, um, he was coming out of kindergarten to get in the car with his little book, book bag, and he hopped in the car. And on the way home, he said, Mama, are we rich? <laughs> and I chuckled. I was like, oh, no telling what conversations were happening on the playground today that caused this question. Like, whose dad is stronger? Um, who has the best lunch in their bag? All the little... Um, early competitions that kindergartners have. So when Ty said to me, Mama, are we rich? I thought, this is a teaching moment. And I said, oh, yes, Ty, we are so rich. And without missing a beat, he said, oh, Mama, I'm not talking about that kind of rich. He had my number. You see, he knew that I was talking about the father, that we have a father that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He, he, he knew that's exactly what I was talking about. And that's what I would like to say to y'all today. Yes, absolutely, that kind of rich. That's the kind of rich that you are if you are the father's. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As we begin to round the corner to the end of our Waymaker journey, I'm reminded of the scripture that says, O oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Truly, it's been a joy for me to make much of God with you on these episodes. As you begin to finish this journey, we want to ask that you would prayerfully consider someone in your life who would benefit from hearing more about the story of God in their life, whether it be a friend or loved one, a family member, or even your small group. We hope to give you materials to make this process very easy for you. To see all of the resources that are available, please go to beaconpeople.org forward slash waymaker and there you will see resources to equip you in getting this to others. Thank you.